What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. All right, we want to welcome everybody to this episode of the Niche Finder Framework or the Niche Finder Podcast. We we want to we have some special guests on today. For the first time, I have some fellow podcasters, and these guys are definitely rooted in not only the podcast space, but also you know great men of God who's who definitely sharing and developing others through legacy and leadership. That's the name of their podcast. It's also the name of their YouTube platform and and LinkedIn. You type in legacy and leadership. You're going to see a ton of content coming up because these guys stay on their grind. And I love it because they have a, a way of prioritizing their time that they don't neglect family. They don't neglect personal time and development time. And, and they even do things in seasons, man. I, I, I'm, I'm so interested in hearing what they have to share with the community <laughs> today um, that uh, it really makes me honored to have them on the show. But two, I want you to feel the, the wealth of information. And as they say on their, sh- their show, the nuggets that I know that they're going to share with us. <laughs> This is going to be something special. So really quick, before we uh, bring them on, I want to give you a uh, just high level, um, just a synopsis of, of their bio. So Jimmy and, and Devon combined for having over 30 years of leadership experience in the corporate and small business arena, creating and sustaining strong mission driven culture and leadership teams that deliver results to the bottom line. They bring a wealth of experience leading and developing operation-driven strategies for improvement and creating leadership training programs. Together, they have successfully led to transformation of numerous business while helping them pivot into new, innovative, mission-driven operation models. So I'm going to, that's just a, a sample of what they have to offer of their background. But without further ado, I want to introduce the Niche Finder podcast community to Mr. Devon Watts and Jimmy Gonzalez, the host of the Legacy and Leadership podcast. Welcome to the program. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us, man. Super uh, humbled and just, uh, you know, thankful for the opportunity and man, looking forward to chopping it up with the Niche Finder community. You know, the, <laughs> the, the, the merger of communities. We got our Legacy yes. Leader community. We got the Niche Finder community. Man, uh, it's going to be magic, man. It's going to be magic. 
Love yeah, it. we love we love building communities and, and like you said, just uh, being a part of somebody else's community and just sharing the love. Uh, we, we like to say, you know, the Legacy and Leadership podcast, uh, the hotness that is the podcast. Mm. We're, we're trying to bring a little bit of that, like you said, and hopefully drop a few golden nuggets along the way for your community as well. Absolutely. All right. All right. So so tell the audience, why would they have a vested interest in in your journey? So I think really what it what it boils down to is, you know, what what has been our passion and our drive that has gotten us to this point in the first place. Uh, it is the the impact of our fathers. You know, we're both juniors uh, and the the names that we carry. Uh, it just brings a, a lot of weight. And it's many conversations that we've had about that and just our own uh, interpersonal thoughts and uh, and, and really diving into what that means to us and how we how we live that out and, and how we represent not just the name of our fathers, but of course, our families. Uh, we both have children as well. So how do we pass on that legacy and really what it means uh, to be a Watts man, to be uh, a Gonzalez man uh, or a female as I have uh, young daughters as well. And just that that also that entrepreneur entrepreneur spirit that we've had. Even in the, the many years that we've had in corporate America, but honestly, especially the where we met, the employer that we worked with, uh, probably about six months after I started, I was already trying to to leave, and not because of the environment necessarily, but because of that drive that I had to mm. to own my own business and to do something different. Uh, so we've uh, individually and even together, we've had opportunities where we have combined our efforts to to start and work on different business ventures, uh, and to actually even help others uh, along their journey over the years. So all of those things, I think, really, you know, have impacted us and, and that story, which I think is is compelling and will continue to be compelling to uh, to listeners out there and the audience that we're looking to serve. Mm. Um, what did you want to accomplish at the start of your journey when you came together and said, we want to do this legacy and leadership? What exactly what the good look like to you? So I would say when we first got together and we started the Legacy and Leadership podcast, it was really, you know, us trying to capture conversations that we've been having for years. Like kind of Jimmy mentioned this in one of our very first conversations years ago, man, just chopping it up. Like when we first got to know one another, um, even though we were in corporate spaces, uh, we were just talking about leadership. We were talking about mindset. And I, you know, I recall sharing with him like, man, you know, my goal is always to like run my team like it's my own business. Right. Mm. Um, and we've just always had that kind of entrepreneurial you know kind of makeup about us and again over the past decades or so as that relationship has grown and we've been fortunate enough to you know have front row seats to you know one each other or one of one another growing um growing as men growing in our faith growing with our family right um we just continue to come back to these conversations around leadership and so when we got together and we said hey let's start a, a podcast um, i recently relocated to south florida we wanted to make sure that we still had that connection that support system that we had been accustomed to having for over you know a decade plus or so um mm -hmm. and we said man let's cut on the microphone let's cut on the camera we both know we can run our mouths and let's just go from there and as we started to tell this story of legacy that just kind of peppered everything that we've gone through over these, you know, the past decade, we started to really understand the intersectionality of legacy, of leadership, of our, our family names, of how all of those things shaped us. And as we started putting these stories out there, we started getting feedback from folks. It was like, man, hey, this is this. I appreciate the story. I appreciate what you guys are sharing. This is connected with me. I want to hear more. Folks started reaching out asking, well, how do I get more focused uh, feedback around what I'm building? Mm -hmm. 
And from that, you know, um, you know, listening to our experiences and our intuition, uh, the Legacy Leadership Learning Group was born in December of 2020. Um, and that's kind of how we you know, really jumped off our uh, our entrepreneurial coaching business um, that we're in the process of building right now. I love a quote, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, Marcus Garvey actually, actually has a great quote. He says, people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Mm. I noticed that when I listen to legacy and leadership, there is a tremendous amount of uh, of roots that I find is a step to your your podcast and the questions that you ask your your and even the philosophies that you subscribe to. Some of which has just been highlighted by you. Um, but when you consider what your niche is, right, and men who have roots planted obviously in good ground, what do you consider your niche, and why is that valuable to the audience? Yeah, so I would say that. Um, like a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and uh, leaders, you know, us discovering our niche has really been a journey. It's really been a culmination of two things, our experiences and then also your intuition, right? Like the experiences that have shaped us even before we entered the corporate spaces and we were men as young men. And, mm-hmm. you know, from sports, you hear us, if you're listening to the pie, you hear us talk about sports all the time. That's because sports was huge in terms of shaping our leadership philosophy. We talk about our fathers because our fathers played a huge role in shaping, you know, how we view leadership and how we view our responsibilities as men, right? And then and obviously the experiences we've amassed uh, in our, you know, navigating some corporate spaces and entrepreneurs, but also mm. the intuition, just continue to listen to that voice and that gut feeling. Right. And that has led us to where we can proudly say that we've discovered our niche, which is really to serve as entrepreneurial coaches for minority men, specifically guiding them on how to start, scale and keep a business that they can pass down because, mm. At the intersectionality of what we define leadership or legacy to be, right? For us, legacy comes down to faith, comes down to family, it comes down to finances. Well, what sits in the middle of all that is entrepreneurship. Mm. Right. If you're if you're delivering as an entrepreneur, if you're delivering in terms of building a business, something that you can pass on, you're doing it because you're able to deliver in all three of those those areas. Right. You're taking Mm. care of your family. You're taking care of your finances. And more importantly, you're taking care of your faith, because um, we definitely believe that uh, his divine hand is involved in every single gift that we've been given. And uh, ultimately, you know, the passions we pursue. Mm. That's powerful. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that as well. Now, tell me, what type of external struggles did you find yourself up against at the start of your journey? I think for us, it was, you know, just learning, learning this new industry when it comes to to podcasting. Uh, And you asked a good question, like what, you know, what did good or great look like to us? And as coming from the learning and development space and creating content, uh, there was definitely a, a certain vision that I had. Uh, we we're blessed that we have some experience and talents that really have gelled well together. Devon has experience in, in the music industry as an artist. So the mm-hmm. audio aspect, you know, was always we knew had to be on point. Uh, visually, we knew and made a conscious uh, decision at the very beginning that it was going to be the podcast, the audio version, but that we also wanted that visual component, which we call a vidcast, uh, as well with the mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Um, so just that learning process of what is it, you know, what does it really mean to, to have a really good podcast that one is going to touch people, that is going to be entertaining to individuals and is going to keep, you know, again, that specific community wanting to come back and hear more uh, and then growing, you know, and taking the steps to, to really grow 
the podcast and the audience itself, which thankfully uh, we've been able to do that fairly organically, you know, over mm. over the last year uh, without really putting any money into like advertising to, to build the audience. Uh, so that piece of it has been tremendous for us. Um, and as Devon said, the Legacy and Leadership podcast, it also started as us wanting to have a vehicle that no matter what may happen and whatever you know God's plan is for us, our children, God willing, uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren will always have something mm. out there that they can go back and, and learn from and say, oh, that's, you know, that's my grandpa, my great grandpa, abuelo, and, and be able to see us talking and having these conversations. Uh, so it was primarily about that. And then as we got rolling and, and started to get better at it and refine and tune it and decide like, you know, this, we have to be true to ourselves as Devon said, and really turn this into a business. Uh, that's when we started to, to niche down even more mm-hmm. and knowing men of color, uh, that is who we want to to work with. That is who we want to speak to. That is the impact that we want to be able to have, especially because we've had not just our fathers, but there's been other men in our lives that have impacted us and helped us uh, mm-hmm. through mentorship and, and example to get us to where we're at today. So part of that is is paying it forward as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Albert Einstein says you can't solve a problem at the same level at which it was created. And so when you talk about your journey, what epiphany did you experience and what new opportunity did you discover from that event? So I I think there's a couple of things. Um, One, like uh, Jimmy kind of mentioned, when we started out, you know, again, we really wanted to make sure that we had a vehicle to kind of memorialize our thoughts and our, you know, um, what we value and our passions, because we knew how important legacy was for us. Like, we knew that from the beginning. Again, it peppered all of our conversations. So we knew we wanted to build something around it. Right. Mm -hmm. As we continue to niche down more into our business and really kind of understand who we wanted to serve. I I, honestly, I think it, it, when we talk about intuition, it's, you know, timing also plays a role in that, right? Because at the time that we launched the podcast, you're, you're talking about the middle of the of the pandemic, right? Which mm. obviously caused everybody to be much more introspective than, the, than they uh, were before and changed how we connected, right? We had the absence of connection. And so that in some respects heightened the importance of connecting, right? And, and having relationships. But then you also have that coupled with just the, the scenes of, social injustice like happening Mm. over and over again right and um you know giving the fact that we're both again men of color you know minority men uh, obviously these things that we're seeing on our tv screens and social media resonate with us just a little bit differently than maybe other individuals and you know thinking about leadership i guess kind of our first uh instinct is like how can how can i lead through this how can i contribute something in order to shape this Mm. And we came to the epiphany, right, that given our experiences and our passion for entrepreneurship, and when you look at across history, when minorities have been able to really advance themselves from a social justice perspective and a social freedom perspective, it's been prefaced by economic freedom. Like when you look at post-Civil War, like Reconstruction, when you look at um, the fact that these communities have been built, that, you know, there's this spirit of entrepreneurship that is um, embedded in the DNA of these minorities, right? Mm. We knew then that that's where our calling was because if we can help people realize their entrepreneurial birthright and deliver more on economic freedom, that can also be a pathway to equipping people with the ability to 
you know, push the social freedom, the social justice um, that we so rightly deserve and that we should continue to push. And so um, I can tell you that we only came to that realization um, again through, you know, a lot of reflection about our passions, about our purpose. Um, and also, like I said, you know, just kind of coming back to that, that 10% of divine, you know, intervention, mm-hmm. um, the timing of when we started, decided to do all of this and what we were exposed to really helped to highlight, um, you know, exactly what our purpose was. Mm. You know, I want to go off script for one quick second, because I think when you start talking about people of color and people feeling um, disenfranchised or disenchanted of uh, the American dream, uh, what drove you to to take this course of action, right? And then I'll back into it even a little bit further. Uh, quite often, the place that we launch from may not be the same place that we land, right? And so you have people who go through the same kind of conflict that you're talking about, and they end up on the wrong side of this thing, right? And so it's the reason why, you know, there's so much, you know, you know, many, I, I, there are a lot of systems that's involved in that. Is, and is, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it definitely is a, a hand grenade of a topic. But what caused you to not take the path uh, that many people take? Of, uh, of becoming more of a rebel versus someone who was pursuing a cause like what what uh, what Devon Devon what you're pursuing as well as Jamie what you're building together with legacy and leadership. Well, so a couple of things. One, I'll throw it back at you. You started off with a quote about Marcus Garvey and you know not you know understanding your history and not mm-hmm. understanding your history is like a tree with no roots. Um, and so like going back to our history, when you really see how our people responded, how minorities responded after the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, and really having no mechanism for introduction into society, just somebody popped up right on the plantation and said, "Hey, you're free now," right? Mm-hmm. There was no medical services. There were no businesses, right? And obviously there was still the segregation. Our folks had to figure out how to build something from nothing. And they did it. Mm -hmm. They did it. They built these communities. They found ways to leverage what they've learned and all the kind of the, 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 the pain and the strife and the turmoil that they've endured over those years. And they use it as fuel for creativity, ingenuity, and being able to build something. And then through building something, mm. they were able to find their voice. And then now you see all of these uh, people of color, blacks that entered uh, into politics and started to work as uh, government officials. And then now you have representation. Right. Mm. And so um, I think that learning from history was really informative and in helping to push us in this direction. And then I would also just challenge you a little bit and to say that I think what we're doing is actually pretty rebellious um, mm. in this in the sense that. I haven't been exposed to a lot of folks that have the same type of vision or uh, commitment to say, hey, you know what my calling is? It's I'm going to help people unlock their economic freedom and I'm going to help them build their business. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to be passively um you know, passively involved in social justice, right? I can do the Black Lives Matter hashtag. I can put the black square. Um, you know, I can post the flags. I can retweet when I see something. I can add it to my IG story and say, oh, this is wrong, right? And then I can go back to scrolling my timeline or playing what's ever on Netflix. But what Jimmy and I have committed to doing is saying, we're going to get, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to get involved in the way that we know how, in the way that God has blessed us to be able to do, right? Which is pour into minority men specifically and help to speak life into them about the opportunity for entrepreneurship because it's our birthright. And that's gotten lost Mm. in translation over these past Mm. couple of years. Like if, you know, our forefathers who were slaves and 
you know, again, just the atrocities that they went through was able to pull themselves up out of that and find a way in order to build something and create legacy with all the access to stuff that we have available to us today. We can do the exact same thing, but somebody needs to be able to speak that vision into you and let you know that's a reality. And so I think what we're doing is a little bit rebellious in that respect. Mm. Um, but, you know, we'll, we will gladly wear the moniker of rebels uh, if it comes to you know pushing the agenda forward. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, did you want to share anything on that? No, I just think, you know, representation is is so important. And for me, I don't I didn't even really realize what we were doing meant to other people that were watching us. And we talk about men, but even young men, right, in their 20s yeah. or, or students in college and high school and being able to see men like ourselves that are have the experience that we have that love to teach love to share that experience with other people um are able to go into business together have been doing business and sharing life together for such a long time and like there's no tension you know like we didn't want to have like a debate podcast or anything like that at our heart we're we're educators we're teachers uh we love to speak and again to, to share knowledge and to keep learning uh, that is huge for us as well. And we, we talk a lot about that in, in the podcast and in our conversations. You know, what else can we continue to do to, to sharpen our saw uh, and to be practitioners of what we do so that we can share that with other people? Uh, and with so many images out there in the world uh, that kind of go against what we really know, uh, we to be as a people and as men, like we want to show, we want to show this, you know, to men uh, that have families that are doing their best uh, to take care of their families that are are men of faith that have been in the corporate environment, know how to navigate that space. But you know what? Not nah, rebellious in the sense that we're going to take all this knowledge that we've gained from corporate America and we want to give it back to you, to our mm. people that are out there that you know, either never wanted to be a part of that or they're trying to release themselves, you know, from that corporate environment and have something that, that is their own, not just stock options are a beautiful thing, but not just stock options, but like, this is my business that I can actually pass along to my family and my descendants if that's what I choose to do. Mm. You know, my dad, my family is from uh, Jamaica. My dad used to always say, you know, uh, Clifford, knowledge is the key, man. And, and I, used, I used to say like that, what are you talking about? And then I got older and I realized that, you know, the knowledge, uh, the key to knowledge actually not unlocks doors that ignorance closes us off to, right? And so what I hear you sharing, and, and I love it. I love the fact that, you know, the history that, that was brought out by um, what you were saying, Devon, and also, Jimmy, what just, just what you're saying as far as the importance of of, of why we need to bring this forward, why we need to change the optics to how we're seen as African-Americans or as people of color, mm -hmm. you know, and I think this is so important and I applaud you for the efforts that you're making to not think small and to just not think big and not execute, but to think big and execute on it. And I think that's commendable. So thank you for doing that uh, for not just not just for your community, but for all those who are tuning in, you know, um, period. Thank you so much. Um, right now, I want to uh, talk about our niche. I define niche as five key questions, right? This is just from the research from doing my, my own book, Dream Octane. And the first question is, um, what, what are your passions, right? The second is purposeful. The third is pattern. So these are the things that you do naturally well. The fourth, proficiencies. What have you learned to do well over time? And the last one is problem solving. And so I'll throw these out there. Feel free to answer them as you so please. The first one, passions. What in the times past did you have a strong interest in? 
that you feel has gotten you to where your niche is today? I talked a little bit about, you know, our our love for teaching and, and just, you know, being educators as, at heart. Um, and part of, you know, my history specifically, uh, my dad worked in corporate America my whole life. My mom, she's retired now, they're both retired, was a teacher since I was like three years old. So I always felt like I was blessed to have the best of both worlds, especially as I entered into the corporate environment and then getting into the L&D space. Uh, but I love teaching. Devon loves teaching. Uh, we love coaching. Like that's always been a part of what we've done is coaching sales and customer service reps. And really, how do I get the best out of this person and help them to see something in themselves that maybe they don't see? And in doing so, get you going from good to great and then from great to outstanding. Mm. Uh, so coaching, mentoring others, uh, whether that is people, you know, within our immediate circle, uh, being a part of uh, volunteer opportunities in our community to mentor young kids, young adults. Uh, those are all things that we have huge passion for that we've taken advantage of in the past. Uh, and then again, you know, helping entrepreneurs. That is that is a passion of both of ours. And Several years ago, I, I had another company that was more focused on kind of social media and helping small businesses with that. And it just it really hurt my heart to see somebody with a vision and a passion. And they started and because they weren't able to, to get people into their business or to get known and, and really market themselves before you know it, you know, you see this mom and pop's restaurant that had, you know, just the greatest, I don't know, Italian food or Spanish food. And then before you know it, it's just closed down. Um, mm. And how do we help them again, not just to start the business, because that is super easy to do these days, but how do you scale it? And then how do you keep it long term uh, so that you're not just even impacting your family, but you're impacting the community in which you have that establishment, if it's if it's brick and mortar or just the community that you build online. Mm. Uh, what do you do that feels purposeful? What do you do when you do it? You feel like I was born for this moment. So I really think it comes back down to like helping people really find their purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what continues to feed us as, as, as leaders, as, as teachers, right? Like it doesn't matter what roles we've held. Um, and we've been fortunate enough to hold a litany of roles, whether it's in learning development, process improvement, whether it's actually running operations, uh, you know, whether it's volunteer work and it doesn't matter what we're doing at the end of the day, somehow we find a way to scratch that itch to teach, right. To mm. teach and to speak life into somebody and to help them find their purpose, um, and to leave their legacy. And so every time we have that moment where we're speaking to somebody and it clicks for them or, you know, we get somebody to, um, kind of, you know, open up and share and kind of share their vision and their passions. And then that's met with validation and not just validation, but also, um, affirmation that you can do that. And you mm -hmm. see how they respond to that. Like I, we both walk away from those situations saying that this is exactly what we've been called to do. And it's funny because you know, no matter you know what we're working on, right, or how successful we end up being, if we can't fulfill that, if we can't scratch that, yeah. we get we get disinterested very quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we get disinterested very quickly, and we try to find ways that we can feed that, right? Um, and mm -hmm. so, um, definitely uh, helping people find their purpose and uh, ultimately, um, you know, plant the seed for them to to grow their legacy is what uh, makes us you know feel like we have a purpose. Mm -hmm. What do you do naturally well? I really feel we're great coaches. Uh, you know, our ability to to not just create and, and cast a vision, but refine that vision along the way. 
and really, you know, make it make it real and make it palatable, palatable to people. Uh, and then also strategy, you know, creating and teaching strategy and, and helping folks. All right, this is goal setting is a part of that, right? So what are the goals that you have? How do we help you set goals? And then how do we reverse engineer that to put the strategy in place that is going to give you the best possible chance of success at attaining those goals that you have for yourself? Mm. What problems do people come to you to solve? So uh, folks, actually, they come to us for for a couple of different things. One, just about leadership in general, like the leadership mindset or how do I handle like conflict? How do I handle, um, you know, uh, creating accountability? Um, goal setting is another one, um, I think. And I appreciate you kind of calling this out, um, Cliff, right, which is we've been able to establish a reputation of not just being able to create the strategy, but execute the strategy. And I think that's one of the things that people really value um, in terms of uh, reaching out to us and picking our brains about is because not only can we help you kind of with the creation portion of it, but we can really help make tangible the implementation, which I think a lot of folks ultimately struggle with. Like, how do I take this thing from idea and actually manifest it? Right. Um, and so uh, we have folks that will reach out to us um, about, you know, those things specifically, right. The entre- you know, entrepreneurship, how to become an entree leader, and then ultimately our leadership mindset. Mm. And then now proficiency, last question in this segment uh, is this the opposite side of the coin of patterns. So where patterns are what you do naturally well, proficiencies are what you've learned to do well over time. So what do you consider your proficiencies? Uh, we really feel like we've we've gotten pretty proficient at content creation and building communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the podcasting piece, you know, again, we wanted to, to be practitioners. So studying and learning, listening, we already are podcast listeners ourselves, but studying and listening from a different perspective. And how do I create something and glean from other people uh, online learning, you know, at all kinds of social media platforms, just trying to get that information uh, but then building a community, like how do you do that, especially in this virtual you know, social media um, space that we have with all of these different platforms? How do you grow individually, but then connect those communities as well? And, you know, we've been very happy and, you know, have had to, to make sure that we're intentional. And this is something that we help entrepreneurs with as well is uh, celebrate the wins, you know, that mm. we've been able to see along the way. So, you know, we talked about it, about 56 actual podcast episodes. Uh, we're reaching 7,000 downloads. Uh, we're in over 101 different countries. Mm. Um, you know, the amount of videos, about 92 videos or so on our YouTube channel, uh, the subscriber count that we have on the YouTube channel. So those are all things that we've been able to, again, to accomplish over the last year that we had to work at and really felt like we've been able to get very proficient at. Uh, and as we you mentioned the seasons, as we close season two and we look to season three, which will be starting in July, like that's the question is, OK, how do we how do we make it better? You know, mm-hmm. How do we continue to learn and refine uh, and continue to provide an even better experience for the community that's been rocking with us? But hopefully all the new people that are going to you know find our podcast and learn about what we do and hopefully resonate with that. How do we create an experience that's special and meaningful for them. Mm. 
So I know you guys are big basketball fans, same as myself. So I want to I want to preface this next and last segment, which is your secrets, right? And so I want to just tell a quick story, and then we're gonna get into your secrets. And this is you talking to me, but you're really gonna be talking to me, but you actually speaking directly to your younger self, right? So 20 years earlier, or wherever you were at the start of your journey. So before we get to that, though, um, and I'm not sure if you're aware of the story of Kobe Bryant, um, where he won an Oscar at on May 5th. Uh, it was the May 5th, um, I'm sorry, March 5th, uh, 2018 at the 90th Academy Awards. He won an Oscar for Dare Basketball, which basically was a letter that he penned to re- for retirement, right? So in the back, a- after he won this award, he went to the backstage and what I found in this article, I thought it was pretty interesting. They have, and as soon as you step off the stage with your Oscar, they have all of these reporters that are in this, in this like back area in the stands and they get to hit you with questions just, just as you're, you feeling the elation and you just kind of going off the top of your head so they asked Kobe, Kobe I think it was like reporter number 82 stood up and said Kobe you won over five championships you have all of these accomplishments in your basketball career how does this award measure up against that and Kobe smiled you know he had that like you know baby face type of smile and he said he said you know I gotta be honest with you um this award actually means more to me than 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 those awards and I when I as I'm reading this article I'm saying wow Kobe you know the black mamba saying this right about winning the Oscar he says here's why he says I always saw myself uh playing basketball I always saw myself since I was eight years old winning championships he says, but this Oscar came out of left field for me. He says, as a matter of fact, when right before I, be, I went into retirement, people would say, like, Kobe, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And I would tell him I want to be a writer. He said people were respectful enough, enough not to snicker, but you can see that they really wasn't they really wasn't on that wavelength with him. Right. And so he said the only person that believed in him or people that believed in him was his family, was his wife and his daughters at the time. And he said he just started to write. Long and short of it, as history now tells his story, he actually turned that letter into, um, you know, a score. He turned it into their basketball. They, they created a whole thing over it. But now the reason that I bring this up is that in my book, Dream Octane, when I reference Kobe's story, yes, he's won all of these things. And even it says when you're wildly successful, you could still have more to give. And so he's in the segment where I, I talk about, do you have more to give or maximizing your abundant factor? Now we preface, use this story to preface what your niche is, right? At the very start of your journey, you had passion, you had your purpose, you had your patterns, you had all of these things clicking for you. And you just had the potential for where you want to be in the future. Now talk to yourself. Now that you got all this wisdom of what you have, what secret would you tell your pre-niche self to help accelerate them from where they are at that point to where you are today? Cool. So I, I got one and then I'm, I'm confident that Jimmy has one as well. Um, and it's, it's something that we've really refined throughout this journey. Um, and when we hit it, I thought it was just, it was impactful. I definitely want to be able to pass it on. The first thing is, you know, you can't just be, uh, you know, intentional about being consistent. You have to be consistently intentional. Hmm. Right. Um, mm. when we started off the podcast, for example, like again, we didn't know anything about the space. We knew that uh, we were going to figure it out. We had confidence in one another that, Hey, we're going to figure this thing out. And if what, what we could do, what was within our control was, Hey, we at least need to be consistent. We need to be consistent in content creation and showing up and recording and all of that stuff. Right. And as we mm. learned and we implemented that and we started to see growth. 
We also then started to realize that while we were intentional about being consistent, we weren't consistently intentional, right? Mm -hmm. We weren't consistently intentional on how we were planning, working our plan, executing our vision, uh, identifying our purpose, all of that, right? Um, and so if I had to cast anything back to my younger self, um, because I, when we stumbled across that, I was like, man, that, like, that revelation would have been so helpful. Yo, for 17 year old me, 16 year old mm. me, 15 year old me, right? Mm. Which is, again, um, it's good to be intentional about being consistent, but can you be consistently intentional? Mm. Mm. Love it. No, we, we talk about intentionality uh, very often. And I would say, I would tell my younger self, because uh, things that I've done in the past have culminated to where we're at now. Uh, but I've been an entre entrepreneurial, uh, serial entrepreneur. And one of the mistakes I've made in the past is not getting a coach. So I would tell mm. myself, invest in yourself mm. and get a coach uh, and, and show that you're willing to make that investment and not go it alone. So if, if you need accountability, there's accountability there. Uh, but you're you're not just researching and reading articles and books and learning from other people that have maybe done what you're trying to do, but you're actually allowing yourself uh, to, to be working with somebody and paying for it and investing in yourself that is going to help you walk through some steps and, and provide you a roadmap that maybe you wouldn't be able to receive um, without making that investment. Mm. Hey, real quick there, actually, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to go off uh, yeah, go a little bit because Jimmy just sparked an idea. And actually, you did too, Cliff, because you're talking mm. about Kobe. And everybody knows the accolades that Kobe's been able to to um, achieve on the court, right? Um, but one of the things that, because we actually did an NBA session on uh, Kobe Bryant in season mm. two. Uh, NBA, for those that are not familiar with the podcast, is our Mentored by Adversity segment, where we usually bring on a guest and we have them walk us through how they got their NBA. MBA in leadership, how they were mentored by adversity and that helped them mm. become a better leader. Um, and so uh, in honor of the passing of, uh, you know, Kobe, we wanted to break down his life through tape and through what we knew. And one of the things I stumbled across, which I thought was so impactful and kind of co-signs the importance of having a coach is um, as great as Kobe was, Co Kobe always sought out um, instruction and feedback, but from from people that he trusted, right? Like you have to be mm -hmm. able to have discernment. Uh, he was saying they were sharing a story where like normally what Kobe likes to do when he would um, land is he would find as soon as he touches down, find a local high school or something like that. Mm -hmm. So he can get some shots up at the gym and go through his workout routine. Um, and they ended up landing. Um, I forgot what what um, what state specifically, but they ended up landing in the city. And there was only one only one high school that would be willing to open up. And this is like 11, you know, almost midnight, uh, open up for Kobe. So they had to get the high school basketball coach to get up out of bed, to drive, to open up the gym just for Kobe to go mm. through his routine. And he obviously the, the high school coach stayed just to kind of watch him go through his routine and stuff like that. Right. And through that, they ended up building a relationship. And every time Kobe came back to this city, he would only go to that high school and he would work with that coach. He would mm. go through his exercise. The coach would be there. Well, that relationship built up so, so, so much, so strong that Kobe actually ended up hiring him as his own personal coach. Wow. And the guy continued to travel with him for through the duration of his career. This is obviously the post Shaq years and stuff like that when Kobe had ever, like everything on his shoulders in terms of being the guy, being the guy. And he continued to work with that guy specifically. Now you think Kobe's already got 
rings under his belt. He done got coached by Phil Jackson. He's um, then, you know, got personal coaching and tutelage from Michael Jordan, right? All of these individuals that he's observed from a distance and studied their game and their stories about him, you know, rewatching and rewatching Michael Jordan's game tape to understand how he goes left and how he goes right. And yet, even through all of that, Kobe Bryant understood the value of having individual coaching, having mm. somebody on his side that can give him critiques, feedback about his game so that he can continue to improve. So um, I think the point that Jimmy's making is so spot on is, you know, you know, being able to have that outside perspective, being able to have somebody else that you can trust that, you know, has the discernment, your best interest and wants to see you be successful, no matter what your skill set is, no matter what your natural God given ability is, no matter what your niche is, still having that individual that can speak into you and coach you up is the mm. key, the key to becoming a champion and not just becoming a champion, but becoming legendary, creating a legacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I I like to think that that relationship um, definitely played a huge factor in Kobe Bryant's, you know, sustained success and why he was able to perform at such a high level for such a long period of time. Uh, you know what? And I want to I want to kind of, you know, sink in, sink our toes into this point that you're making real quick, because, you know, I was just watching the NBA playoffs just this past weekend. It's so interesting what you're bringing up, because they were talking about Julius Ram- Randle as, and, and, and how his growth and development. I mean, this guy went from like nobody knows his name to everybody know what his name in New York. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. and basically in a year, essentially. And so they told the story of Julius Randle when he was a, a rookie with Kobe and, and the Lakers first year. Right. And so he touched down in Texas. He had some family in Texas. This is Julius Randle had family in Texas. And he says Kobe saw him walking out of the stadium just as they landed. Right. They still had time before the game. And and, and Kobe said to Julius, like, where are you going? He says, you know, I'm gonna go visit some family. I got a couple things lined up. We're gonna do some dinner, you know, just regular stuff. And he says, nah, man, we about to go put up some shots. <laughs> he oh. said, we about to go shoot 500 shots in this gym downstairs. You coming with me, rookie. And so he took him with them. Now, fast forward years later. Julius Randle now touches down. I think it was in Utah someplace, right? He's no longer with Kobe. He's now on his own team and everything. And as soon as he touched down, he did just what Kobe asked him to do, right? That that year, uh, he carried it on and continued to keep doing it to put up 500 shots, contacted the, um, the, the coach or someone to open up the door. And as the guy's opening up the door to the gym, he says, you know what? The last person to ever use this gym. Do you know who it was? He says, who was it? He said, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so when you talk about legacy, when you talk about legacy, <laughs> you the same influence. It's just like it just pays it forward. That is just so wow. I appreciate you sharing that, man. Um, I'm going to get off basketball, man, because we'll be here all night. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> For sure. yeah, we get into our, our sports bag every once in a while. We have to remind, this is not a sports, sports podcast. podcast. It's a leadership podcast. It is a leadership podcast. There's so much that you can extract from situations and stories like that. It's just phenomenal. It's, it's so true, man. Um, so now that you've discovered your niche, uh, how challenging is it to do what you do? Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Jim. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, I don't know that I think the biggest challenge and, and for entrepreneurs, right, is, is that mindset piece is once you really know, and specifically for me, like this, this is it. This is it is not just our niche. It's not just a tribe or a community, but like this is our purpose. 
Like I want it now. Like I right. want to get to that <laughs> point now. Um, but it takes time. You know, it, it takes time to ensure that the steps that we're taking are the right steps. It takes time to to continue to build uh, again and do it right and 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 be disciplined enough to check all the boxes and make sure that you're doing all the things that again not just allows you to start a business but to scale it and then keep it. So this is not just something that we'll have for a couple of years, but as long as we choose to, it's going to be something that is viable and out there to help people. Uh, and for me, I think that's that's the biggest challenge is you know focusing on um, being patient and just mm-hmm. making sure that knowing that if we are intentional about the things that we need to take care of, uh, the, the other dreams that we have uh, as far as growing the business and uh, the people that we wanted to help in the future, like it's going to continue to happen. It's going to continue to scale as long as we're patient and being intentional about the things that matter most today and sticking to the plan that we've established for ourselves. Mm. Yep. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Love it. Um, what, how frequent should you, should one make time to work on their niche? I mean, I feel, honestly, I feel like it's a continuous thing. Um, you know, in terms of like when you're talking about feeding into your purpose and learning and growing, I mean, we've been doing that before we even decided to start the business, right? Like that's how much it was ingrained in us as a part of our purpose and our passion. We pursued it because we loved it, right? And then once we came to the clear, like the realization again that this is our purpose and that we're you know, we're actually going to be delivering something uh, here and executing on these God-given abilities, that just ratcheted up the the obsession even more. I mean, there's been plenty of times, you know random you know you know random times at night like we're texting each other and sending each other things that we read or hey i you know i came across this article or you know we're um again studying and i think the other thing too right like once you understand what your niche is Mm. you it's kind of like it's kind of like you remember when you you first saw the car that you fell in love with Right. right. And like you made your mind up like, hey, man, I want that. Like I want the O3 Impala. Like, man, I want the mm-hmm. Range Rover. And then you started to see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think the same is true of like your niche and your purpose. Like once you identify it, you start to see it permeate everything around you. Like you, you're just uh, it smacks you in the face. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like when like Jimmy mentioned, like we listen to podcasts. Well, now we listen to podcasts, but we're consuming that same thing through a different lens of our purpose. And mm-hmm. OK, well. How can we take some of the things that we're hearing and tie it into our purpose and tie it into what we're trying to execute on and deliver on um, from, you know, our day to day coaching interactions or um, it's funny, man, like so many stories on our podcast um, end up being encapped or told through our experiences as fathers. Right. Mm. And, you know, we're just raising our kids and living our lives. Right. But now that we understand our purpose, we also have that lens when we're interacting with our kids that says, oh, man, this is this is a great lesson about my interaction between me and Linux or me and Geo about what we were talking about with decision making or navigating Mm. internal conflict. So um, I think, you know, when you identify your niche or your purpose, um, it doesn't stop like you're always working on it. Um, You know, you just have to have clarity again, clarity in your purpose. Mm. Now, uh, last two questions that I have for you. Uh, how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? Yeah, I, you just have to be honest with yourself. Uh, my wife, she blessed me with a book for my birthday in March called The Dip. And it was it was really talking about knowing when to keep, go- when to keep going and when to quit. Mm. And are the is what I'm doing and these actions that I'm taking 
you know, adding value to the goals and the things that I'm trying to accomplish and to the community and the people that I'm trying to serve. And if it's not, then I have to to be real about that. And and I have to assess and, and change directions and either change directions or completely stop doing that activity or surrounding myself with the, with these individuals or people that are not, again, adding value to what it is that I'm trying to accomplish. If uh, there's there's some type of tension or um, roadblocks, you know, that are created because of those relationships, uh, and that can be hard for individuals to to do. Um, but as soon as you know that it's time to change course, think about the the appropriate ways and the steps that you should go about doing that uh, professionally, uh, again, appropriately, depending on what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. But once you've discovered that, then like make that move and and make it a reality Um, because your your vision right it's we talk about having uncompromising vision and and as an uncompromising entrepreneur i can't compromise on the things that are going to uh, deviate or again distract me or or stop me from progressing uh, in in a positive manner and at the pace that I want to progress at to reaching mm-hmm. my goals and reaching my goals means I'm helping people I'm helping them see their vision become a reality and that is just powerful in itself so anything that deviates from that I got to cut it off I got to cut it off I got to clip it and in doing that and narrowing our focus it allows us to grow and expand even more and even at a rapid pace. Uh, very much like you know pruning a uh, a flower or a plant. Uh, sometimes you got to cut some things off so that there's more growth in the end. Mm. Mm, love it. And um, Devon, any anything you want to share on that point, or do you want me to? <laughs> right. Nah, I'm a, man, bro, I knocked it out of the park. That's my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> all right dope so listen last question that i have for you what action item would you give to the niche finder community that you would say is a must-have to uh staying committed i'll go back actually i'm i'm gonna keep it real simple um twofold actually twofold um one is uh i'll, I'll start with this one because i want to end on a note that jimmy made but um i've always been a firm believer um it's been a personal mantra of mine and so i'll pass this on uh, for our niche finder community out there, it is important for you to live in the vision, not in the circumstances. Mm. Live in the vision, not in the circumstances. Once you define your purpose, once you understand what your vision is, don't worry about the current circumstances. Continue to live in that vision, pursue that vision, and the circumstances will change around you in order to make sure that that manifests appropriately. Uh, and the last thing that I would give in terms of tactical, um, again, we talked about Kobe. We talked about you know, Jimmy's uh, you know, word of advice to his younger self. Get a coach. Invest in yourself. Like You are the most valuable resource investment that you can make. I know some people say like, you know, purchasing your home, like that's the biggest investment you ever make in your life. That's a lie. Right. Mm. That's, that's the second one. Right. Maybe the third one even. Right. But the number one is you. And if you're willing to, you know, bet on yourself to take, you know, student loans and stuff like that. Right. If you're willing to get consumer, you know, credit card debt, right. Cause you're betting on yourself that you're going to earn enough money to be able to pay it down and right. And not max out that card. If you're willing to bet on yourself in those situations and you should be willing to bet on yourself and invest in yourself when it comes to building your business, building your legacy, manifesting your purpose, actualizing your purpose, manifesting your vision, right. Mm. Invest in yourself, get a coach, um, because a coach can really help to uh, accelerate 
you being able to clarify your purpose um, and, uh, you know, help you uh, manifest again your vision, um, you know, sooner than later. Mm. How would they get in contact with you? The people finding what you have to say is something that is not only impactful, but they want to keep the conversation going. How would they get in contact with you? Uh, well, definitely. Uh, you mentioned earlier, which I appreciate at the beginning, Legacy and Leadership Podcast uh, on YouTube itself, on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Uh, we have a Legacy Leader community on Facebook, which you are more than happy to come and join as well. Um, Legacy in Leadership at gmail.com if you ever want to, uh, to kind of shoot us uh, an email. Uh, we're also on Instagram, so Coach underscore Jimmy G Junior uh, at Leadership Docent. You can DM us as well if you had any questions or want to, uh, you know, pick our brain on, on information that you're looking to to find for yourself uh, or any guidance that you may be looking for. Uh, so yeah, we're on all social media platforms. Uh, again, the, the podcast itself is on all major podcast platforms. Uh, we've had people that reached out to us, you know, through the podcast as well, and have left not just reviews but left comments and questions. So that's another way that people. People have reached out mm-hmm. to us and we love engaging whether it's on the podcast or even on a youtube channel we love engaging in those conversations via those platforms and answering questions and continuing to to take the conversation beyond just devon and myself but have that same conversation with our community as well mm. well you know pleasure having you guys on today so much wealth of information that you shared uh and i I wish that we can keep the conversation going so for those people who again have have enjoyed the content from today's show let's just hit these brothers up man you know from the time that i connected i connected with devon first and jimmy uh after the fact but they are good some good brothers and it's good to have people like like these type of individuals in your life because there's so much that they have to offer it's not just words man it's actually action and a lot of uh execution behind what they're doing so definitely good people to have in your inner circle in your circle period um because they can definitely add value to you and who you are um if you want to get in contact with us you'll find out what we're doing definitely reach us on dreamoctane.org you can see um you know the latest and greatest things that we have to help you to discover develop and to deliver your niche and then uh, as you know on spotify as well as on podbean uh if you like what you're listening to uh follow us and you know and and like uh, you know, like us on these uh, different platforms. Go on to Legacy on Leadership. Listen to an episode. Pick it at random, and I guarantee you, your finger will be compelled to hit that that <laughs> like button. Hey, <laughs> All right, yes, sir. So, um, I would just say, you know, just reach out, support as much as possible, help us with the algorithm. You leave comments, leave uh, leave likes, and so on, because again, that helps and, and it's encouraging uh, as well. And as they said, it will interface with you. So, you know, again, we'll just end this episode. But again, this is just the beginning of a bigger conversation if you choose to uh to have that that uh, conversation continue so we hope that it will be but for this episode we're going to call it uh we're going to call it a we'll call it quits for right now and we're going to sign off but only to whet your appetite for the very next episode thank you for tuning in to this version of the niche finder podcast we see you on the other side at the very next episode thanks again